Hello everyone, it is Red Men News. I am your host Paul Mason. I'm joined by Jack Gill for this one. Um Gone with the cap indoors option again. Always, not always. Just in that's case, you've got to watch out for the glare from the lights. Yeah, I've got a bad trim, so I've got to, <laughs> got to wear the cap. Amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, we are brought to you in association with the Athletic, which right here, right now, today is the best place to get Liverpool writing. You can go to theathletic.co.uk and use uh, Red Men News forward slash Red Men News to get fifty percent off your yearly subscription fee, as well as a free month thrown in as well to get things from the likes of James Pearce, from Simon Hughes, from Rafa Hon. Stein, uh, Michael Cox, you know, and that's just relating to Liverpool stuff. You've then got the rest of the Premier League covered by some of the best and brightest sports writers in the world, uh, with no annoying ads or pop-ups and all that uh, shazam. Anyway, um, James Pearce has written something. He sat down with Jurgen Klopp this week for an exclusive interview, um, and we all know only the elite get exclusive interviews with Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> Chris Pajak. Um, uh, he, 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 he sat down with James in his mode office. There's a couple of interesting things. He talks about the mentality of the squad, which I think ties into the press conference stuff, which we'll discuss in a moment. Um, but he said, how important is the mental side in football? It's all, if you like. You can have the best technical ability, but if you aren't ready to show it, then you can't make the best of it. It's no different in football than it is in normal life. The first step to achieve whatever you uh, achieve is to think you can do it. You want to do it, you want to achieve it, and then you have to find the way to go there. And obviously loads more of this. You can go on The Athletic and read this article. But I, I, for me, I t- that's, it like sums club up. People talk about heavy metal football, and they talk about gag impression, counter-impression, whatever, whatever you want to call it. The core of Jürgen Klopp's mentality is mentality. Yeah, it is, and there's, there's a lot of things that Klopp did when he first came to the club. He brought a big team with him, um, lots of staff ready to tackle the mental side of the game mm-hmm. as well. I remember him bringing in a dietitian, mm-hmm. stuff like that. As long as you're happy, healthy, and got a good mentality off the pitch, then you tend to be better on the pitch. That seems to be part of Klopp's philosophy. Well, really. it's interesting because he, he's asked in the press conference about um, Lee Richardson, who's come in, who's obviously... Fought. It's, it's all that I didn't realise is that he'd been part of Sam Allardyce's backroom staff back in the day in Bolton, because I, I, we think of Sam Allardyce in a certain way, and I actually made a reference on a video on my on, on TV this week about how... You know, a bit disrespectful to Allardyce because he's now become this British troubleshooting gobshite yeah. who travels around saving clubs from relegation and what have you. But there was a time when he was a very forward-thinking manager. Um, but I, I like the fact that and Cop references just to skip ahead to the press conference stuff. He actually references this guy and says how years ago you didn't even have goalkeeper coaches, you didn't even have you know fitness coaches until too long ago. So to get a sports psychologist involved, it all ties into this, doesn't it? It shows how how vitally he just wants to surround himself by people who are brilliant at what they do to bolster the overall picture of what he does. The development of Richardson as well himself, he he was a player, then he went into coaching, as you say, under Allardyce, and now he's he's into the psychology side of, of the game. And it's like you say... As, as, the, as the sport has evolved and, and become this massive thing that it is today, there's more jobs needed and, and more coaching needed. And as we've seen this week with Joe, uh, Joe Gomez, which I know we're going to talk about in a minute, mm-hmm. the mental side is very important in the game. And, and there are stuff that are out of your control that yeah. Joe Gomez has had to deal with this week, where Richardson would have been very important. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, good old JP's been doing a Q&A on the athletic site right now, actually. I think it's actually ongoing. But it's another interesting one. You know, we always talk about the articles they do, but in terms of the interaction with the writers, um, just an interesting bit, which is something we're going to talk about again, picking up from Klopp's press conference. But he was asked about uh, the emphasis Klopp will place on beating Napoli 
uh, and obviously Piers Saskin. The question, no doubt, is he'll go strong versus Napoli to get qualification. It basically, he doesn't want a busy you know, a match day six to have to matter because of how busy December is. But some really interesting stuff in there. Highly recommend checking that out. Uh, right, we're going to talk. Jürgen Klopp obviously sat down for the press conference as he tends to do. Um, it was some interesting stuff there, Jack. I think going, let's kind of run through it roughly chronologically. Um, touch a uh, very first question straight out the door. Um, Gomez Sterling. I thought it was good that he he basically diffused it. You know, yeah. he says. And, and, and what the reaction has been from so many people in the game. And he says, things like this happen in a football environment. It, it is exactly that, isn't it? It's just so big because obviously it's the two teams pushing for the title and it's England. That, that's all it is. If it was another country, there wouldn't, be this much, there wouldn't be this much news about it. So it's now back on club football, time to stop talking about it really and focus on club football. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just right. I just, again, I like the way he handles it. He talks about the, the big challenge is going from playing against each other. When you, and this is again what we've said all along in this. The two, play, the two teams are so wound up against it. And, and I think it feeds into my what I've been saying about this is that maybe Man City were a little too wound up and it's and it spilt over. But then it, it must be a mad situation to go when you're dead set rivals against one another to then all of a sudden you've got to be teammates and coexist. In, in the space of like 24 hours, you've got to flick that switch that, back. That's the thing. That's what the, the elite sort of England side from the last few years, you know, with the Ashley Coles, the Gary Nevilles, the Gerard Lampard, that, that sort of team, that's what they've always said was their problem. The fact yeah. that when they went to international football, they couldn't they couldn't get out of the club football head. There were lots of different groups of different teams in the Premier League. And I think it's a, it's a similar thing sort of happening now. And obviously... That was a big game for City. They've got nine points behind us, mm-hmm. and and Sterling is clearly quite enraged by it. And well, it's time Bless. to forget about that now. Yeah. Bless. Um, he was asked the question about what the biggest challenge in the title race is, uh, and he said the biggest challenge is answering questions about it, uh, which I thought was good. And he, look, he talked about we're not thinking of it as a title race. We're just yeah. trying to think of it as a normal season. And look. Whether that's a mentality that, that spreads throughout the squad, I don't know. I'm more convinced with each passing day that I think it is, that the players are focused on what's in front of them. But I like this this idea, Jack, that he talks about. It's the treating it as a normal season and not like it's the season. Like it's all or nothing. Like if Liverpool don't do it from here, then this is the last chance or whatever. That And that's part and parcel of everything. I, I remember going back to the, the pre-Kiev uh, media leading up to the Real Madrid game and he was asked questions like, how do you, what, how do you prepare for Real Madrid? And he's like, we don't, prepare differently for a different opponent because imagine if I've been saying this we're doing it this way this is how we're doing it this way oh dear god right it's Real Madrid well, all right throw everything out we said what we're going to do Klopp's all about continuity yeah. consistency and, and whether whether the players believe it whether we believe it's irrelevant but if it's the message that's being spread in the, ca- in the camp I think that's I think that's the right that's message that's the thing I think for, for everyone it's not it's not good to focus on on the title this season, it's it's important to take each game as it comes and just continue picking up the points. We saw what what happened last season. We saw how how hard it can be, how how difficult the the race can be itself, and how points dropped can turn out to be massive. And I think this season is going to be exactly the same. And I think that has changed Klopp's mentality a tiny bit to 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 focusing on each game as it comes. And and I think that that's the importance this season. I think. I mean, I'm seeing things everywhere about if we win this uh, win against Palace, we're 12 points clear of City because they're playing later than us. But it's it's clear to see that Klopp, Klopp doesn't want to focus on that. He wants to focus on the fact that even though that's the case, it, we're, we're only a third of the way through the season. The best thing about being in the lead is that you don't have to focus on what anyone else is doing. You've just got to focus on what's in front yeah. of you because what's behind it is completely irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Because if you, ta- if, you, if you stop for a second to glance behind... 
then that's when you that's when you can trip and stumble yeah. and fall. And I, yeah, again, I think it feeds in very very nicely. And I think we've all, I think Klopp's always had that mentality. If I'm honest, yeah. I think he's always tried to breed that into the side. But I think it's different when you're looking at your opponents. You're looking at Man yeah. City running away from you. It'd be nice to see if that if that has an impact in you know how can how does City's mentality mentality stack up? Another thing I noticed, Paul, is a lot of managers when they're leading the title race tend to say stuff like that, like we're focusing on one game at a time, and it is a big mental thing as well. Um, but as you say, if it helps us in the title race, then well, I'm all for it. Absolutely. Um, briefly touch on Pochettino, uh, Mourinho. Obviously, it's nice to have Jose back, and you could see how desperate he was based on his punditry and whatever, which I thought was cool. But um, moving on to the sort of Palace stuff, um, he describes Sellers Park as a special place to go, great atmosphere, obviously difficult place to go and play. But also, I thought it was it was telling. We, we talked about this on the build-up show and the difficulty that Palace are going to present. As identified by Jürgen, Zaha, Ayu, and Townsend, difficulty to defend them on the counter, and that's where they've caused us problems. And that's what uh, you know. For as much as there's talk of like what can Liverpool do to Crystal Palace, our defence hasn't been great this season. Not as great as it's been necessarily in previous seasons. They're, they're, Zaha doesn't, hasn't scored a lot of goals this season, but they, they, they're going to be a threat. Yeah, of course they are. We we know Palace obviously as a whole haven't scored a lot of goals this season, but it's interesting that Klopp, Klopp knows that. The, they are capable of, of causing damage and they do have some, some good players within their squad. We saw on the Man City documentary a few years ago, Pep Guardiola saying how nervous he was to, to play Palace. Mm -hmm. They're a very, very good side um, and they do have players with a lot of flair like Wilfred Zaha. And obviously as well, we're going through some 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 problems at the back with, with injuries as well mm -hmm. where... We don't know if Robertson's going to be 100% fit. Gomez yeah. might not be fit. Matip as well. So we may be forced into playing Milner at left-back and mm -hmm. playing a back two of, of um, Lovren and Van Dijk, which will be our only two fit available centre-backs if, if Gomez isn't available, that is. Absolutely. Um, so so it, it will be a difficult game and, and Sellers Park is a difficult place to go to. Yeah, I mean, just on some injury updates then, based again on, on the press conference, Van Dijk 100% available to play. We know he'd had to leave uh, the, the Dutch camp for, for personal reasons or, or whatever it was. But what Klopp was keen to, to, to say was he can't give 100% on any of the injured players at the moment. Um, today, there's one more training yeah. session today and he's going to use that training session to decide the fitness levels of who is and is available. Um, what he also said was Fabinho, Bobby, Alisson and Genie all played Tuesday so they, they've come back late, which means again, they actually don't know what condition those players have come back in yet? Again, today is going to be the assessment on that. Now, you you would imagine Alison Alison Becker will be what it is. The decision making will have to fall around Fabinho, Bobby, and and, and Genie Genie Van Alden there, and what level, what how many minutes they've got. And obviously, Genie had a worldie on Tuesday, didn't he? So absolutely. I mean. But the thing is, again, you know, as much as Klopp says he's not going to be focusing on, and he talks about it, um, and he says, you know, I don't I don't focus on. Not thinking about Watford yet. I'm not thinking about whatever games. I'm just focused on the game that, that's in front. He's, he's stressing that he's going to do his, his policy, and then they'll think about Napoli. But I wonder whether when you've got this fitness, you've got a, a spreadsheet in front of you that tells you how many minutes Genie, Fabinho, whatever, uh, Bobby Firmino can play. Maybe that does impact the, the, the I, selection. I found it really now. interesting as well because he, he sort of said he takes one game at a time. But then he said, I don't even know who we're playing after Brighton. Yeah. So that shows that he's thinking, it, although he's taking one, one game at a time, he's still thinking it ahead. He's still thinking ahead yeah. to, to the weekend and he's, he still knows, he's still planning. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. And it's like you say, maybe the four of them that, that you've just mentioned aren't available to play all three games in, in this, this 
space of seven the days. The thing that he referenced as well was obviously it's this time of year when kind of maybe this, this is why you don't necessarily have a, a cemented plan. Two reasons: there's no point in building your tactical system around a bunch of players when you, they might you might not have them available yeah. to you because you've got a game between now and Napoli. So it's all well and good saying, "Well, I'm on on Wednesday. I'm I'm definitely playing Henderson, Genie, Fabinho." If one of the picks up an injury the weekend, well, exactly. it was a, it was yeah. a waste of time to plan that far yeah. ahead. And he's also said it's that time of year when people pick up illnesses and colds and whatever, which has to be factored in. But just to, just to continue with that, nobody came back with a serious injury from international duty. Asked about Mohamed Salah, he said he's trained the whole time that he's been, you know, up for the international I've break. Seen that lovely video of his ankle, haven't we? Yeah, being being gently <laughs> caressed. Um, but he said today there's an important decision to make. Uh, he says it hasn't gotten worse, but the problem is still there. They have to be sensible. So, yeah, you know, again, I wonder whether that will factor in. Again, he says it doesn't, but for me, that factors into it. You know, sensible might, might mean he doesn't play two games back-to-back. It means you might get one game out of him and then, you know, or you might want to play him two games next week, etc. Which, so which one be... would you rather he play, Napoli or Palace? Napoli. Yeah. Napoli, absolutely. 100%. Well, you know, ultimately he, he plays a vital role in, yeah. in getting us getting us the win against Napoli yeah. last season. So yeah, um, asked about Dejan Lovren, you know, and his contribution. Said uh, he's not surprised about his contribution. He called him the highest level uh, centre back. He says he, really interestingly, whether this is just like a, a lost in translation thing, but he says he has weaknesses, and then says. But then again, so do we all. I thought you could almost see it, all the pencils scribbling, all of the fingers tapping, tapping out the tweets. Dejan Lovren has weaknesses. Um, but he, he, what, what I thought, that, and whether we can read too much into this or not, I don't know, Jeff, we're going to read into it regardless. He basically described Lovren's weakness as not in a football sense. Um, what, what, what's, your, what's your thinking on that? I mean, we've, we speak about Lovren a lot, don't we? This, this is where he, he sort of fell behind in terms of our other centre-backs when you're looking at um, Matip and Gomez. His, and last season when we had that injury crisis really at centre-back, he was always the one that whenever it seemed to be his, his time, he'd pick up a, a, an illness, yeah. an injury. It would be a reoccurring thing, whereas Matip and Gomez seems to be like a few weeks here, a few weeks there. With Lovren, it's... A day there, a day there. When you look at the injuries that both the Gomez and Matip suffered last season, Matip breaks his collarbone yeah. against Napoli uh, and then has that spell out and then comes back and then he's fifth for pretty yeah. much for the rest of the season. Um, Joe Gomez breaks his leg against Burnley, Burnley and is out for yeah. pretty much for the rest of the season. But you're right, Lovren's always Stop start, it's st- stomach yeah. strain or, or, or yeah, illness or whatever. So it could be that, or you know, it could be, psych- could be, could be psychological Klopp, to some extent. I don't know. Klopp said before, hasn't he? He said that with, with Sturridge, his problem was that he couldn't play through the pain barrier. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering that with Lovren, maybe it's a similar thing. Maybe that's that's the problem. Him, we've got him. He's, he's immunodeficient somehow. Like he's definitely he's definitely needs some more white blood cells. Um, but he also said Joe Gomez is sensational. But similarly, he's the kind of player who needs needs rhythm. Um, yeah, uh, Shakiri. Then lastly, some interesting stuff in there. We talked about it a lot on the build-up show for for this game. Uh, basically, asked what he needs to do to kind of get back in the running for, for stuff because he'll have fallen down the pecking order in, in, in his absence and he basically says he just needs to train uh, he said he's not actually been full training this week because he's been he's been out for so long that he struggled a little bit with the intensity he said we've seen some really good stuff but in other times you've seen him going oh wow there's a there's a lad who's clearly severely lacking yeah. fitness and, uh, and sharpness uh, I think I think the case with Jordan Shakiri a lot as well is off the ball he doesn't really fit the Jurgen Klopp defensive mould of, mm-hmm. of, of things, and I think it, it will be brilliant for the player to hear this from Jurgen Klopp. I know we've we've both spoke for a while about maybe Shakiri not having uh, a future at Liverpool um, after the next window or so, and I think a lot of Liverpool fans were starting to doubt 
doubt Shakiri having a having a future at the club, and I think this was the news that people wanted to hear, and hopefully he'll be a big part of our busy Christmas week. Well, he says, doesn't he? Said the all he needs to do is he's look good and train. He needs to get back used to the intensity again. He was asked about his, his future, and he said, well, look, he's been out for five weeks yeah. injured. So if if people are going to say that he might be unsettled because of that period, well, there's nothing that can be done because he, I couldn't have picked him if I, if I'd wanted to. And what he said is he was keen to stress again, face to face. He said Shakiri is completely happy, yeah. and he says of course he has a future at Liverpool. And basically, what he talks about is look, you don't think the by the future he means this season because because things can change. Yeah. But he said players can get to the end of the season and say. Maybe a fancy, maybe a fancy change. But he said the, the squad that I've got, the players I've got here, their focus is being available to deliver this season. And I suspect that's why a lot of that is why there was no movement in the transfer market last summer. Because you know, if if someone, if he thought a player wasn't committed to the cause in whatever role he defines, he'd have got someone else in to to, to, to do that. There'd have been no shortage of takers of people who want to be, who want Jared Jakiri's role yeah. as second or third sub every week on Liverpool's bench. Um, but he does say he's a very important player for us, but he needs to be fifth, which I think we'll all agree is, is being Shaqiri's. I, th I think we have to remember as well, obviously, this this time last season was Shaqiri's time when yeah. he really impressed in that game, in particular against United. Mm -hmm. uh, Southampton as well, I, I remember him having a really good game there at Anfield. And it, it was just, I think Shaqiri is one of them players where He's always in and around, um, but it's, it's difficult when, as we say, because of the defensive side of his game, it's difficult to, to bring him on for the last 20 minutes because yeah. it, it could also disrupt certain things. So I, I can understand the frustration from both Shakiri and from Klopp mm -hmm. because I don't think Klopp's purposefully, purposely not playing Shakiri. I just think there's, there's, there's a... There might be a quite, there might be a reason why he's not played in midfield, but I think you know in terms of like Mohamed Salah's consistent fitness yeah. last season hampered his ability to get to get games. If you're going to play him on the wing, you, you want to play him better, yeah. so you want to play him on the right hand side, and you're not going to drop him for, for Mohamed Salah. We might see a little bit more of that if we're managing Salah's issues mm -hmm. and, and what have you. But also, it's worth mentioning that people forget. It was it was actually came out around the Man United game away at Old Trafford last season that Shaqiri was carrying a, a bit of an yeah. injury and, he, and it was it a stomach abducted or stomach or something and he was never quite quite yeah. right throughout that period. So yeah, a um, couple of quick comments then before we wrap up. Sorry, um, people have been talking about what they're going to do if maybe Salah can't play. Froed Bruland says against Palace I wouldn't mind if we played Origi in a centre forward to occupy the centre half with Firmino behind him. A couple of other people have been talking about maybe playing a four two three one. So mm -hmm. I'm presuming that's Shakiri for me, no Mane in, in behind the Rigi. Um, he says it was actually the same person said it might be a perfect game to throw the four two three one in a bit of rotation. Palace is going to play in a deep deep line, going to be predictable and play on the counter. But then Bassett twelve said no four two three one. We're winning with four three three. Stick to it and we'll keep winning. And Jojo said Klopp will always start four three three only in game. He will change to a four two three one when we need goals. Interesting note on that is again this we at, we did we look we changed this time last season we switched to four two three one. That was our starting formation. So, but I agree. I wonder whether. I think there's a, there's a compelling argument to be made that the, the point there was right. So far this season, we've switched to 4-2-3-1 in games. And normally, with like, what, 20 minutes, 15 yeah. minutes, whatever to go, when, we, when we're really looking to, 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 to force the issue in a game. Sheffield United, we did it. We did it Manchester United. You know, OK, variations on a theme. We just chucked all our best attacking players on and went, go ahead, go make something happen. I wonder whether... For this game, you know, okay, you know what you're going to get from Palace. They're going to defend deep and they're going to look at you on the counter. Having a two-man midfield may, might help, you know, just help against the counter a little bit. And then just say, no, we're going to put it. We're just going to get four proper attacking players onto the pitch. It could. could I, be an I think it makes sense because a lot of the time, 
uh, when Origi starts. He's not as effective as coming on off yeah. the bench. And I think maybe if if you set it up in a way where you've got four attackers on the pitch and you can play the four foot, maybe Foxe Chamberlain plays mm -hmm. where he can play out wide or he can play in midfield. So if you give the option, then it's available. Yeah, we'll start in the four three three, but in game we can change it. Origi can go through the middle off the left. Yeah. Either way, it gives us options, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, okay. I, personally, though, I do think we'll start 4-3-3 and you've always got that option to go to if you need to. But thank you very much for your thoughts, for your comments, and, of course, for subscribing to the Redmen News channel. We're nearly 25,000 subscribers, which is absolutely amazing. We were about 200 away uh, when we started this. So if you're watching this and you haven't subscribed, uh, please do go and do that and click that notification bell as well. If you're listening to podcast form, thank you very much. You can get amazing Redmen TV content from the redmentv.com um, in audio form and in video form directly in your native podcast app but also on the website as well and yes once again thank you to theathletic.co.uk and go to forward slash redmen news for that 50% discount of your yearly subscription fee <laughs> there we go up the reds up the reds against crystal palace we'll be back on saturday ta -ra.